Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Prince Philip's coffin is to be carried to his funeral later today by a Land Rover modified under his directions. After the service, it will crash into a ditch twice before muttering something questionable about Indians and heading straight to Paris to ram a Mercedes in a tunnel off the road. David Cameron finds himself at the centre of a lobbying scandal engulfing Parliament, as it turns out that the greedy little pork enthusiast was decidedly ham-fisted in his attempts to bring home all the bacon after quitting as Prime Minister. The Tories have rejected a call from the Labour Party for a wider inquiry into government lobbying, replying that if they want to influence government policy, they can pay Matt Hancock for it like everyone else. President Biden pledges to pull all American troops out of Afghanistan by September 11th, in the shakiest and most delayed withdrawal since Mick Jagger fathered a child at the age of 73. And finally, scientists in the US have developed the whitest ever paint, which can reflect up to 98% of sunlight, wears Uggs and is a huge Kid Rock fan. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're joining us for the triumphant return of IC News. That's right, this is the start of Season 4. Over the course of the next 12 weeks, we're going to be diving deep into the abyss of global news, dredging up the most misshapen and mysterious stories we can find, before rushing them back to the surface where they'll explosively decompress and hopefully become thoroughly depressing memes. We'll be bringing you all the biggest stories from right here on Earth Prime and from all across the multiverse, where we'll be sending our team of correspondents in search of the biggest no, stories of no, the... No, 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 no. This is absolutely not good enough. The upbeat tone, the jarring familiarity, the shameless joy. It will not do. I'm sorry, everyone. Before we go any further, I do just need to explain. You'll explain nothing. Not in that tone. Not in that way. Where's the humility, man? The sorrow? The obsequious grief? You should be dripping with it. Anything less is sacrilege. As most of you will hopefully know, this is our royal correspondent, Sebastian Forlock, and frankly, he's been a fucking nightmare all week. He says, he who knows nothing of nightmares, not like I, Sebastian, grieving patriot and mournful subject. I've woken up every night this week in sheets sodden with my own sweat and tears. My jaw aches, such has been my wailing and gnashing of teeth. The nation grieves, my boy. The light passes into darkness, leaving us all in shadow, missing the soothing balm of its noble warmth. 
Seven days of this. And seven nights. Seven nights Nicholas Witchell and I have huddled together, the pale, formless things that we are, our pallid and shivering flesh, seeking comfort in the night. We are broken wretches without purpose. Wounded curs, craving the comfort of the womb. We are shattered men. Shattered, weeping men. Albion! has fallen. Sound the bells that they may toll across the abyss of Britain's darkest night. It's a podcast, so obviously you can't see this, but he's actually wearing a tattered old wedding dress and is waving a censer full of incense around. It's sage, not incense. This unholy place must be cleansed of its criminal indifference. The agony of it all! We shall not see his like again. Fire the cannons. Anoint the earth. The heavens have reclaimed that which they merely lent to us, for we may feast on the manner of their generosity no longer. We move forward as desperate, starving things with only our memories to sustain us. Whoa! Grief! Subservient! Sebastian, please, it's awkward enough when I walk in on you flagellating without you doing it all over the studio. There's still a pandemic on, you know. It's not exactly a COVID-secure workplace if you're constantly flogging yourself all over it. Clearly, Sam, I must bear the brunt of this network's grief. For you, with your... Republican leanings and liberal mentality. Clearly, you can't be trusted to pay the proper respects. Hang on now, I haven't said a thing that's disrespectful. I just think that all this might be a bit much. Well, tough. You know the guidelines, Sam. In these dark and exceptional times, we must follow the proper broadcasting protocols. We've lost a royal man. This is no time for levity or, heaven forbid, other news. We must wear the nation's grief on our sleeves. Aren't the nation just going to switch to Netflix, though? The nation will grieve the way we tell it to grieve, Sam. Nothing on Netflix could tease away the morning masses looking to us for succour in their darkest hour. I don't know, Palm Springs is pretty amazing. It's utterly derivative of Groundhog Day, Sam! I don't think that's very fair. I mean, sure, the time loop concept's been done to death, but the writing's hilarious, and the chemistry between Sandberg and Milioti is incredible. None of this is relevant to the nation's suffering! It's a great film, that's all I'm saying. Well, stop saying it! Stop talking altogether! Empty your heathen mouth of anything but the most grovelling sentiment and take your responsibilities to the audience seriously. This is no time for mirth or distractions, man. I just think that other news shouldn't be considered a distraction for a news network, Sebastian. We've been off air for two weeks. There's been quite a lot going on. We really ought to cover at least some of it. And you may cover it, man. But you will do it with the proper level of respect, which is exactly why I'm here. To maintain the standards of decency and ensure the network's output shows proper deference to our monarchy in its time of need. And hitting yourself in the cock with a rubber paddle is showing the proper sort of deference and respect, is it? It shows loyalty, my boy. Loyalty to the crowd. It shows quite a lot of bruising, too. Can you at least sit down, please? It's right at eye level for me. 
A mourner does not sit, Sam. He prostrates himself in his grief. And today I shall be making sure everyone involved in this broadcast is exactly as prone and fawning as they should be. How are you going to do that exactly? Like this. (laughs) That's better. Bowed and broken as you should be. Go on then. Introduce the first package. Oh my god, Sebastian, that hurt. Oh, that you've burst one. Grow up, will you? Honestly, there's no professionalism in this place. (sighs) Fine, I'll do it myself. This week saw the start of the easing of the English lockdown, as our wonderful and suitably royalist Tory government started lovingly giving us our lives back. Here's Danny Sutcliffe with more. (laughs) England's back, baby. That's right, you heard me. The gloves are off, the brakes are cut, The floodgates are open and lockdown is finally easing. Fuck you, COVID-19. There's light at the end of the tunnel and joy and revelry can once more return to the streets. And I mean literally the streets. If there's a pavement wide enough going spare, pubs are going to slap a table and chairs on it. And if I hear any one of you bastards whining about it, I'll come round yours and chin you myself. We're not allowed to drink indoors yet, so for now, the hospitality sector is forced to operate the best it can within the rules. And that means my favourite thing, street drinking. I've been supporting the economy since Monday doing just that. I should get a text off Rishi Sunak saying thank you any second now, provided they haven't taken his phone off him yet. Somebody needs to do him a favour and block David Cameron's number. Cold weather hasn't stopped us, and there's a carnival atmosphere in the air. Brits are out in force, once again enjoying their fundamental freedoms. And just like every bank holiday and festive season, mixed among us seasoned drinkers are the amateurs with no sense of decorum. Now, I don't want to be a pouting Peter party pooper here. I'm enjoying myself, and you all should be too. By all means, do all the things you've been dying to do in lockdown. Flirt with a stranger. Run naked and screaming through the Arndale Centre while following the one-way system, of course. Climb a lamppost and start a socially distanced fist fight with a police horse. Fuck horses. They're not to be trusted. But when it comes to your fellow human beings, this is me, Danny Sutcliffe, putting you on notice right now. Behave yourselves, you shower of pricks. It's important to remember that our hospitality and retail staff are returning to work in a challenging and very different environment to the one they're used to. Many of them have faced the crippling stress of financial insecurity for months now. Put simply, if you can't treat them with the appropriate level of decency and respect as we start opening up again, you're a grade A knobber. Your drinks are going to take a bit longer. Your cocktails might be a little bit off because the bar staff are out of practice. The exact thing you want might not be on the exact shelf you're expected to find it. And you may have to be a tiny bit patient. The queues are annoying, the one-way systems are confusing, and the mask and sanitizer rules are a ball ache we all have to endure. None of that is the fault of the staff. Oh, and while we're at it, drop the fucking sneering at the queues outside Primark. If you're the sort of bellend who's posted an Instagram photo of yourself in a frosty beer garden, like you're some kind of hero, you can get to fuck with that shit. You haven't got a moral leg to stand on when criticising people who just need affordable clothing. Ugh. 
Ugh. Just don't be wankers, alright? It's not complicated. And that goes both ways. If you don't like the rules, they're not the fault of the staff. If you don't like the dickheads not following the rules, they're not the fault of the staff either. Your waiters, shop workers, retail staff and bartenders are just trying to do their best in this weird government-mandated new normal. Get out there, have your fun. But remember that the only reason you can do it is thanks to their hard work behind the scenes. We've all got a year's worth of frustrations to work through. If we take them out on the people that deserve it the very least, it'll all have been for fucking nothing. And if you need a release, there's plenty of ways to find one while still following the rules. Take me, for example. I'm wearing full PPE, I've done enough bath salts to floor an elephant, and I've found a man on Gumtree who's willing to let me fight his car. <laughs> Don't hold back, Gary! Floor that pedal on three! I've been indoors for months! I want to feel every second of it! I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and it's good to be back, reporting for IC News. Come on then, you fucker! One, two, three! <laughs> Who wants to live forever? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the best you've got, you pussy? What the fuck was that? Yeah, that's Danny. He's, um, unconventional. Where was the grief? The inconsolable wallowing? The acknowledgement of his lowly place on the societal pecking order? He was... he was happy, goddammit! Getting on with his life as if the passing of one of his betters doesn't even impact him. Yeah, but the thing is, Sebastian, not everyone in the country is a monarchist. Some of us just have other priorities, and that shouldn't be considered inherently disrespectful. The arrogance of it all. Ugh, I feel positively solid. Quick now, let's move on and put that disgusting farce behind us. Ugh, the proletariat. They really do appall me sometimes. Fine, let's pivot to the biggest story of the last week, the lobbying scandal currently engulfing the government. Here's Tom King with more. David Cameron. Remember him? The carefully styled hair, the well-fitting suits, the polished oratory skills. He was a world apart from Boris Johnson in many ways. The presentation was different, the crippling austerity was at least out in the open, and when David Cameron forgot his own children... It was accidental. Yes, the former and current PM are both posh, immensely privileged products of an overly entrenched political and social class system, but most of us proles at least knew where we stood with Cameron. He didn't pretend to be our mate. We knew he didn't like us very much, and we knew that as soon as he fucked off, he'd have, as Danny Dyer so eloquently put it, his trotters up in Nice. And as it turns out, he's had his nose in the taxpayer's trough in exactly the way Britain's greatest thespian predicted. Which is pretty impressive, given how easily distracted we all know David Cameron can get in a pigsty. 
Now, lobbying is nothing new, but the line between government and the private sector hasn't just been blurred over the last few years. This scandal has shown that it's clearly been utterly obliterated, and that raises all kinds of awkward questions about the boundaries between policy and profiteering. While vested private interests are always going to seek to influence governments in ways that benefit them financially, it is deeply disturbing to see just how deeply our elected officials can become embedded in their pockets. David Cameron may not have broken any rules per se, but that's fairly meaningless when he helped shape those rules in the first place. And Britain has a right to know if its politicians are acting in the best interests of the country, or with one eye on their financial interests outside of the public sphere. Unfortunately, with the Conservatives rejecting the suggestion of a cross-party inquiry into this scandal, we're not going to get anything even remotely approaching a look at the broader questions surrounding lobbyists like David Cameron. No, 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 no. This won't do at all. Sebastian, what are you doing? This isn't what the people have come here for, Sam. I will not have the audience's ears poisoned with the dual toxins of wealth and class envy. Not today of all days. Not on the day we came together to mourn our beloved Duke of Edinburgh. Sebastian, it's the news. You can't just ignore it all for the sake of one man. Nonsense. Sacrilege. We must cover the stories that pay homage, rather than distracting from our shared sense of grief. You must have something, anything else, rather than this tawdry effort to tear down the very social institutions our beloved monarchy represent. Uh, well, let's see. Um, looks like Red's got a report on the revelation that Matt Hancock and his sister own shares in a company that was approved as a potential supplier for NHS trusts in England. No! Uh, well, then, Alison's got a report on Wednesday's court ruling that Pretty Patel's detention policies breached human rights laws. <laughs> Absolutely not! Uh, well, then I guess we'll just have to go live to Rob, won't we? Fine. We'll throw to Rob. Where is Rob, exactly? Honestly, I don't even know anymore. You've pretty much fucked my auto cue. Hello, Rob. Can you hear me? Hi, Sam. I'm Rob26. It's quite windy here, but yes, I can hear you. Brilliant. Rob, you'll have to forgive me, but I've got Sebastian here in the studio, and he's very insistent that we follow our royal protocols. The schedule's been thrown a bit as a result. I know you've been travelling the multiverse, but I'm not actually clear on which story it is you're covering. No problem, Sam. I can easily fill you in. I'm here on Earth Delta Chekhov Foreshadowing 32, and it's a world of heavy-handed visual metaphors. I'm stood on the precipice of a swirling chaotic abyss. Below me is a 500-foot plunge into oblivion. (laughs) Oh, I see exactly where this is going, and it won't do at all. Sorry, Sam, what was that? I couldn't hear you over the howling winds of fate. Don't worry, Rob, that wasn't actually me. Sebastian, where are you going? Oh, for fuck's sake. Ignore us, Rob. Please, carry on. I can't quite hear you, Sam, so I'm just going to carry on. The reason I'm here, teetering on the edge of violence and complete destruction, is to illustrate just how precarious the situation in Northern Ireland has become recently. Violent scenes in Belfast, Carrickfergus, Ballymena and Newton Abbey over the last week have seen journalists attacked, 
90 police officers injured and a bus set alight. It's becoming clearer every day now that the reality of Boris Johnson's Brexit deal with the EU is exactly as inflammatory as his critics have always feared. While Westminster have always sought to downplay the dangerous impact of Brexit on the Good Friday Agreement and wider peace in Northern Ireland, the reality on the ground is very different. In fact, what we're seeing now is... Can I help you? Ah! What are you doing? That's quite enough out of you. Ah! I'm Rob Mulholland, reporting for IC News! That's better. One second, Sam. I'll be right back with you. Are you quite finished? I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Because it's quite obvious to me that all of this Prince Philip shit is just a smokescreen. You've buried every story that's even remotely critical of the government this week, and there are a lot of them we should have been covering. Nonsense! I'm just here to make sure that the mainstream media faithfully discharges its duties to the realm. Any impact on the exposure of corruption and incompetence is... Purely coincidental. Maybe I should be asking you to disclose the nature of your second job. Oh, don't be so dramatic. Come on now, let's move on. Is there anything suitable left on the agenda on this... The most tragic of days? Oh, maybe. Actually, yeah, looking at my notes, we're due to be joined now in the studio by Che Burnley, who wants to discuss the failure of the state following the tragically premature death of a man it was supposed to serve and protect. Well, that can only mean one thing, can't it? Finally! A royalist with some perspective on what's really important. Come in, my good man. Don't keep us waiting. Oh, for fuck's sake. Not this guy again. Sorry, you two met? We have, yes. Hi, Sebastian. Hello again, my boy. I have to say I didn't have you down as a royalist. How refreshing. Don't boy me, you chinless shit. Sam, what the fuck is this? What is he wearing? Sorry, Che, but given the passing of the Duke of Edinburgh and the funeral today, Sebastian's acting in his role as royal correspondent, making sure we follow the proper protocols. Oh, come off it, mate. I'm not here to rehash the same tributes every network's been doing to death all week. I've been booked to talk about police brutality, the death of Dante Wright, and the latest developments in Derek Chauvin's trial. I mean, that doesn't sound like terribly British news to me. It's not. But the very fact you're even here, expecting me to instead lend my voice to eulogising the life story of an ancient racist, shows just how little space there is for black voices in this country. A racist? See? Now, that, sir, is where I draw the line. That simple virtue of speaking truth, of masculine honesty, can be so easily recast as something so abhorrent. Our beloved Duke was no such thing. He simply called a spade a spade. All the idioms in the world. And that's the one you go for? I I, I didn't mean it like that. I... Well, this is awkward. (sighs) Just a bit, yeah. Look, all I'm saying is that... I know what you're saying, Sebastian. You and the apologists, the monarchists, and the fake patriots like you, you say it all the time. And not just with your words... Through your actions, whether they're direct, implicit, or acts of omission, don't question the white system, don't rock the boat, 
don't raise the suggestion that a country founded on a monarchy, a microcosm of a racial hierarchy in and of itself, may feel and underpin the systems of injustice and inequality that lead to racism. Don't just tolerate those injustices, bow and scrape before them. That's what you're saying, Sebastian, and it hurts me and people who look like me. People who are every bit as British as you are, it hurts us deeply. Look, um, I think I've overstayed my welcome and I'm going to go. I think that's probably for the best. Well, you certainly made that look easy. <laughs> I know. I don't even dislike the monarchy. Well, most of them anyway. Prince Andrew can go and fuck himself. Yeah, he doesn't though, does he? And that's the problem. Did you want to do the interview still? You know what? I'm not sure I could give it the proper gravitas. That was too much fun, and I'm in too good a mood now. Let's let's put a pin in it for now, shall we? I'm sure I'll be angry again in a couple of weeks when they find Chauvin innocent. You're a depressing man sometimes, Che. Welcome to being black in 2021, mate. See ya! I suspect that means this season has started exactly as it intends to go on. That brings us to the end of episode one, everybody. For now, as always, we leave you with the headlines you may have missed over the last few days, because the entire country has only been allowed to talk about one thing for a whole week now. Nicola Sturgeon pledges transformational funding increases for the NHS in Scotland should the SNP win the election, meaning that life expectancy in Glasgow could rise as high as 37 in the next few years. Bernie Madoff dies in prison having served just 11 years of his 150-year sentence, proving once again that he was incapable of delivering the sort of returns he promised. YouTuber Jake Paul is accused of serious sexual assault by TikTok star Justine Paradise, as it turns out that doing progressively shitty and terrible things isn't just his approach to online content. And finally, following the blockage of the Suez Canal, British garden centres are facing a shortage of garden gnomes. It may be less of a crisis than first thought, however, as it's much harder for drunk university students to nick them all when they're locked down and drinking remotely. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff. So meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick, though. This deal is limited to the first 500 patrons, and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show, and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support, and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me, and if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>